Okay. Good. <laughs> Test worked. Um, I got my talking points ready to go. Do you have your talking points ready to go? Yes. Okay, cool. Well then, without further ado, five, five four, four, three, three two, two, and one! one. Hello, in a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're the happy hour. Thanks for tuning in. We're at happy hour on twitter.com. My name is David Oje and I'm at metaldave01 on Twitter and I'm joined as always by Beth. Hello. I'm at Eliza underscore B E T H A N on Twitter. And that's it actually. <laughs> uh, this is the first time in happy hour history. History. The first time in Happy Hour history where Veronica, our dearly beloved, is unable to join us. She, though, is having a whole lot of fun uh, at home at the moment uh, because this is her birthday weekend. So happy birthday, yes. Veronica. Happy birthday, Veronica. And she deserves all of the graciousness and kindness in the world our dear veronica absolutely agreed and uh there's just um nothing else to say about that i actually believe that veronica is tearing her house apart <laughs> yes yes like literally tearing her house apart for renovations as one does when they're sick of their house so they just tear it down and then build it again and then build it again which but sounds different like, but different yeah it'd be weird if you renovated it to look exactly the same Unless you're a weird ghost. And and also, I don't know anything about home improvement, so... No. Nope. Whatever floats your house. Thing. I don't... I'm not into, like, the whole HGTV thing that everybody else my age seems to... Our age seems to be into. It is kind of compelling, isn't it? Because whenever I'm sitting at the dentist, which I had to do recently for unfun reasons, uh, they have, like home HDTV uh, network on and it's um, the two brothers going to a house and like oh my god this house is terrible but we're going to flip it or whatever it is <laughs> and they do and they do a damn good job and it's like wow this is some compelling television but I don't know I'd rather watch like Black Summer on Netflix or something like that <laughs> which I've been watching it's highly recommended if you're into zombie movies granted with all that aside welcome to the off season Habs fans uh, we are out of the playoffs, as we had mentioned before, uh, regardless of that, the uh, Habs close out the season with a barn burner of a game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we spoke about that again last weekend in the great, great debut of uh, Ryan Paling uh, making himself known to the hockey world in that last game. Now, yes. um, the most important thing, I think, to happen this week for the Habs was the draft. We were slotted to uh draft lottery yeah yeah the draft lottery what else i was is like it wait be? the draft happened no of course it didn't no the draft lottery <laughs> so uh what happened was that uh we had a one percent chance of getting the first overall uh maybe like a 1.1 to get second pick or a 1.3 <laughs> to get the third overall pick and uh, so Tuesday comes about around. That's when the draft lottery is. And 
It starts at 8 o'clock, and of course, they didn't start talking about any of the lottery picks until like 8.45. When, of course, um, the keeper of the cards comes by, he gives them over to the vice president of the NHL, I think. And he says, and with the 15th overall pick, we have uh, Le Canadien de Montréal. It's like, oh, so pretty much that was the thing. It would have been a miracle if the Habs picked in the top three again for the second consecutive year. But um, as is, uh, yeah, the Habs own the 15th pick. And I believe that people have already been, of course, people have already been talking about, you know, who are the Habs going to draft in uh, you know, like a month or two or like two months when the actual draft itself is and Vancouver, of which we will have eyes on the ground there because Veronica is actually attending the draft. She this year, is. Which is very exciting for her. Yes. But um, aside from that, we actually do not have a ton of info about uh, who's going to be picked for the draft. Uh, the only names that pop up in my mind uh, off the top of my head would be, I think it was a Cam York, I believe. And then, oh, Jesus Christ, what the hell is his name? He has the same last name as uh, one of the um, lady hockey players. I know nothing. That's I am ignorant. Really upset me. I'm sorry. Uh, either way, uh, 15th overall pick, and we'll figure that out. Uh... In the past, the Habs have had some fun with the 15th overall pick. Uh, they actually had an article about it, and they were talking about, of course, uh, players like, oh my gosh, let me see here if, we're, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, like a Gord McTavish <laughs> was a 15th <laughs> overall pick, a Pierre Mondou, and then in 1986, it was Mark Pedersen. So, you know, eh. granted, Mondou being the one that Pedersen actually, or Peterson? Pedersen. And it's uh, let's see, essentially Mondu, who actually played some for some time with the Habs at that. Hmm. So, either way. So with that being all the draft news, uh, some other news around the league. Something that we missed last week that we ought to have mentioned was how the uh the CFHL the Canadian Women's Hockey Team uh Hockey League the um CWHL Thank you duh CWHL mm -hmm. folded to the depression of many which pretty much means that the Montreal <gasps> Canadiens Spencer Knight No Was I here thinking of No no that's okay. not no that's not it Sorry okay so sorry anyway, the, back to um, you. I'm trying to think there so the uh you know so... our Montreal Canadiens uh, are now not a team anymore. The uh, the Fabs, as they were in Montreal. So, if Beth, if you have some words on that, please. Yes. So, um, the players were called into a meeting, um, and they found out um, about an hour before it went on Twitter. Um, and it was just that they literally can't fund the league anymore they don't have a way to um and then i think the next day the next day or something like that like very quickly after the nhl said that instead of giving two giving two amounts of money like individually to the cwhl and the N and the nwhl 
that they would give a one larger amount of money to the NWHL and that amount has been un- the amount has was undisclosed by the NHL but the athletic reported that it would be $100,000 which happens to be the same amount of money given to each league just put together so that each league was getting 50,000 from the NHL. Right. Yeah, that NHL uh, package that they offered is absolute trash. So yeah. Whatever. Cuz I mean, they pay more to people that win awards at the All-Star game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's completely um, ridiculous. They announced that they are expanding the NWHL to Montreal and Toronto next season, which is nice. Uh, which is nice cuz they but... get to which means that the the Fabs potentially get to stay, and the oh crud! I just looked up the name of the Toronto, the Furies. Um, the Furies. There we go. I was like, supposed to be an F. Um, I can't they believe get, I they, remembered that honestly. They they potentially get to stay, um, but and the 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 women have um, they would like to expand more into Canada and stuff, but they can't just because they don't have the money. For it, like they want to be in Alberta and places like that, but they said that won't happen unless they have a large donation, a significant donation from somebody else, um, which makes me sad. Ahem, NHL, ahem. Yeah. Yeah, it's something else. I mean, it's easy for us to say, "Hey, NHL, you guys have the money in hockey. Throw it around. Let's get women's hockey represented more at the NHL level." You know, it's just. Um, you know, it's, and like I said, it's easy for us to just say that. Ugh, I don't know. It's so it's so it, it's it's bonkers to me. The NHL would have such a greater reach if it hit the ground running with uh, right? with representation for women in sports. You know, I mean, it's not like it's not like they completely ignored it. Of course, you know, they had um, at the All Star Game. Shit. Uh, Her. Yes. Here's <laughs> uh, the K. Yes, yes. You know, they had them at the skills competition and whatnot, but imagine if they had like a co-ed But they also didn't want to pay her. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it's what the hell are they doing at that point, you know? But at the same time, it's also um, like imagine if the All-Star game was like a co-ed game, like a hockey All-Star game. Yes. You know what I mean? That'd be something really interesting to watch, I would think. But... Yeah, it's just super unfortunate, and I and I do wish, and I do hope that the NHL, you know, takes a look at the situation. They say, you know, if we put a major commitment into this, what will happen? You know, exactly what I mean? because and- it's part of kind of like I'm sorry if I'm going on a tangent here. It's part of a broader problem because I always think of the uh, in soccer, uh, the women's U.S. soccer team is one of the best on the planet, if not the best on the planet. And, like, they don't get jack unless they have sponsorships and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's just – it's mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. It's always – sports really drops the ball when it comes to women, and it's unwarranted. It's ridiculous. Agreed. And one of the articles I was looking at that talked about this was saying how – something really needs to happen. Something good needs to happen because so many girls are becoming interested in hockey. Like it's a growing thing. Women's hockey is a growing thing and people just aren't paying attention to it because they, they underestimate it. 
Right. And it sucks. It does suck. It's Anywho. But anyways, that's uh, that's something that we wish we had uh, had some had a chance to talk about on Saturday. Granted, it was yes. a paling show on Saturday, and we wanted definitely <laughs> to highlight that at the time. Completely warranted, too, because Paling, holy cow, if he's not on the team next year, he's going to be in Laval, and it's just that Laval team. I know we said this. I'm pretty sure we said this last year, saying that, oh, yeah, that Laval team is going to be great this year. Didn't really work <laughs> out that way. But, but they were better. They, and I'm not sure if they were that better, actually. Oh, Standings I wise, I think I they felt... I think they actually went pretty much pretty even with what happened last year. But the thing <laughs> is, the oh my gosh. Well, it's also that you know they were plagued with injuries. Uh, they had mm-hmm. some call ups and whatnot, but not yep. like not anything that crazy in regards to call ups either. But the thing is, it's like this year wasn't gonna be the stacked year for the Habs. It's this coming season and then the season afterwards where it's mm-hmm. like we're going to get stacked next season big names is going to be suzuki and paling you know mm-hmm. and that's just two of them you know that's not talking about brooke that's not talking about Kadem primo you know that's not talking about you know a ton of the other players then the year after that alexander romanov yeah i was making, just about to ask about him he was making a name for himself you know over in the khl so there's a lot coming up the pipe to be really excited about and this year, you know, this season was just a surprise to many. Yeah. If we made a playoffs, pleasant surprise. holy crap, that would have been absolutely nuts. It would have been awesome because right. we'd be watching a game right now. Instead, I'm looking at the fucking leaderboard, uh, scoreboards, and I'm watching <laughs> Boston just dicking the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. Good. Big sip. Anyways, is so that Dr. Good. Pepper? Yes, it is. Nice. Yeah. I've got one too, actually. Oh, right. Ha! High five. High five. Awesome. <laughs> um, trying to think now. So, oh, speaking of the Rockets. So, tonight was actually the Rockets' last game of the regular season. And holy cow, was there a completely crazy goal in overtime to seal the Rockets' uh Win. I think it was uh, Yevpalov, if I'm thinking of the right number for those guys, who had a breakaway. <gasps> I saw this. Oh right? my god! Right? Who he had a breakaway and he <laughs> he totally he didn't have to do this. He was alone by himself, one v one against the goalie, and he does a quick deke uh, to go from a. Uh, forehand to way on his backhand oh no i'm sorry to like forehand but like way on his forehand but he doesn't play it on his forehand completely he (laughs) he (laughs) he brings the stick between his legs and just you know uh uh uh, taps the puck in uh like that gives it a tip over uh the goalie's glove just absolutely did not have to do (laughs) that and he does it wins the game and it's just like, all right, well, last game of the season, you're allowed to do that. But it was just, it was picture perfect. It was absolutely crazy. If anybody can, uh, check out the the Rockets uh, Twitter feed, and I'm sure they got a freaking highlight of it somewhere. Oh no, you're probably gonna have to look elsewhere. But look who around. was it that you retweeted? Yeah, it was something that I retweeted. I think. Um, 
Scott Scott Matla. Uh, actually, nope. The Rocket do have it up now. And yeah, let me see this forehand. Oh, cool. Okay, he would forehand, quick backhand between the legs with the puck, and then pop. Wow, absolutely <laughs> crazy. So unfair. So, uh, you know, the Rocket, you know, at least end their season with a win, but overall they too missed the playoffs. But as we know, and as uh, Joao Bouchard had said in the past, he's not there to win games, he's there to develop players. And Yev Palov, you know, if he keeps playing well, he had a really strong end of the season. He might be a winger, you know, for the Habs at some point. And that will be really cool. Yes. Yes. Very cool. It would. I agree. <laughs> oh, let's see here. Oh, that's actually a good question, Beth. Voinov's a piece of shit. Agreed. Yeah, I don't think we should even give him the time of day. Okay. Uh, the story with Voinov, though, if people aren't aware of, uh, of course, uh, accused and then, you know, uh, legally uh, tried for uh, some... Uh, domestic abuse against his girlfriend was it or was it a wife i think his wife okay his wife uh to the you know the uh, long story short to the point that he fled the country or left the country he, and, he pled to a contest and left the country right in, in lieu of going to prison right and that speaks volumes by itself uh he's attempting to come back to the states to play in the nhl he's back in the states uh, back in the States, attempting to play in the NHL now. NHL. He is and suspended they... for next season. And go ahead. Yeah, just like they said, like his reinstatement will occur no later than I think June of 2020 or something like that. And which would <sighs> and then... be for the 2020-2021 uh, season. Yes. With that being said, though, the uh, NHL Players Association is uh, going the route of appealing the suspension as a union does. And um, as heinous as uh, what Voinov has done, uh, blaming the NHL Players Association as right as one should, it's kind of like the same thing as, you know, blaming, blaming the, the lawyer of a murderer for defending. Yeah, like they automatically appeal. A, um, it's their job. You get an automatically, you automatically get an appeal for like any, for like a sentence for a murder conviction. Right. Like if I murdered so. somebody at work, my union would be vouching for me. You know, it's like one of those things. It's just, it happens to be the Players Association's job to look after the best interest of every asterisk, every player. Yeah. No matter how shitty they are. So hopefully, here's the thing, but hopefully Bettman, you know, has a fucking brain in his head and he says, nah, screw that guy. He's going to be suspended for the year. But then, of course, the conversation is going to happen again in 2020, 2021. What team's going to pick him up? Good luck with that, buddy. Good luck. Yeah. So exactly, yeah, disgusting turn of, turn of events with that, which is too bad. So anyways, on to better things. Uh, some Habs news of a sort. Peter Bu uh, Peter du uh, Budai, wow. <laughs> Peter Budai has retired from hockey. When did that happen? Today. Oh, I told I was at work. Or yesterday? Oh, I was sleeping. Actually, I'm double checking at that right now. At the dentist. Nope, nope, that was today. Uh, so yeah, uh, okay. 13 seasons. Um, 
in the NHL. Uh, of course, most notably for us, he was a Montreal Canadien. Yeah. He ends his career with 153 wins, 133 losses, and 40 overtime losses with a career save percentage of .904. Respectable in the big show. Good for him. And all-around nice guy as well. Of, um, yes. all the, um Of all the players that you could associate with the Habs, Budai would probably get the nice guy award. And mm-hmm. it was noticeable uh, on the bench. He'd be, you know, hyping up everybody all the time. And it was super cool to watch that. Yes. Good luck, Peter. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait to see what he does next, honestly. Yes. Be very cool. He would make a great coach. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> Where do you think he would go? Oh, I have no idea, honestly. But <laughs> he's... somebody on Twitter mentioned that, yeah, he also spoiled Jon Snow's death over Twitter so he can go fuck himself. <laughs> that's funny Uh, by the way Game of Thrones starts again tomorrow night everyone have fun with that so um, on to more Hab stuff Uh, Kirk Muller got uh, picked by Team Canada to to, uh, be an assistant coach to the team in international play for uh, uh, the upcoming uh, World Hockey Championship tournament Um, of course all eyes will be on their power play we which is, um, yeah, I don't know, kind of interesting. Uh, he'll be assistant coaching with uh, Alain Vignon, a recently fired coach from the New York Rangers. Recently, actually, probably last last season, actually, that happened. Regardless, or uh, uh, last year's offseason. Uh, regardless, the tandem will be uh, uh, Alain Vignon and Kirk Muller. And I don't actually recall any of the other staff that are coming up with that. But, of course, big honor for uh, Mr. Muller, who will probably, you know, be very good at that. Hopefully. Maybe he just needs a change of scenery. A little bit. Well, the whole question is, well, now that he's getting international nods, one wonders, you know, depending on how the power play was, if... uh, the Habs will let him go to other places. You know, he might be trying to jockey for a head coaching position somewhere, which is well within mm-hmm. his right, of course. I know a lot of people would welcome that, given uh, how atrocious the power play was. Uh, granted, at the same time, it's been said that it, the power play for the Habs this particular season is an aberration, uh, which <laughs> runs counter to uh, the body of uh, Kirk Muller's work. Uh, in particular, I actually ran some numbers on that. I didn't actually think I'd be talking about this in the podcast, but now that I'm thinking about it... Stats, 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 stats. So I'm going to have to run them again again, actually. I can do that really quickly, though. So the entire season of the power play, how it all went, The Habs scored 31 goals on the power play with 234 chances. That numbers into a 13.2 power play percentage, which places them 30th in the league, not 31st. That honor goes to the Nashville Predators. Funny enough. (laughs) Who would have thought? 
Now, I wonder if I can actually find the exact number so I don't have to do them again. Because I posted them up on Twitter uh, some days ago. And uh, what's going on here? Let me see. So, I was curious because in the last, like, two months of the season, and when I say two months, I mean, like, in March and April, so essentially the last month of games, um, the power play did not look that bad. And I wondered, okay, is there something to that? So, I ran some numbers, and I just found my thread that I was talking about. So... Habs power play, like I said, finished uh, 13.2, right? I think that's what I just said overall. From March to the last game, that's 18 games. During that stretch, the power play was actually clicking at a 16.2. And they scored uh, 6 goals and 37 attempts. That's better. Not great. It's still like the bottom, low, low bottom of uh, compared to other teams' uh, power plays overall. But then I ran an even more granular uh, set of data. And I looked at the last nine games, which I consider the playoff push. This is pretty much the game against the Islanders, that blowout, the 4 to nothing blowout, all the way to uh, the, game, the last game against Toronto. So pretty much the last two, two and a half weeks of games, which is nine games. And would you believe it, but the Habs had five goals in 16 attempts, and that's a power play percentage of 31.2, hmm. which would be first in the league. Now, there's a lot of caveats to that that are kind of weird. A lot of the, a lot of the teams that the Habs are going up against in the last two weeks, they were playoff ready. They were playoff bound, right? So they're resting mm -hmm. their main dudes. They're probably not playing to the intensity that they would be while the Habs were wired. And they were ready to fucking go to get that playoff spot. Um, another thing to consider, too, is that I do not believe that our first power play unit had both Jordan Wheel and uh, Yoel Armia on at the same time. There were some power plays with those two on the ice where the power play was looking damn fine. Very quick passing, heads up plays, the whole nine yards. You know, kind of looked like a goddamn power play, right? So... Just running through those numbers, I thought it was really interesting because, I mean, Kirk Muller's there. Maybe he finally figured out what was going on. Either he figured it out or the players themselves figured it out. How not to rely on Shea Weber for the power play, but their, um, their, uh, the, the, the glut of uh, playmakers that they have, essentially. That's all I got to say about that. Nice. Good job. Mm -hmm. so that being said Kirk Muller is going overseas to the international I think it's overseas I think it's in Finland or Scandinavia somewhere uh, this year going to hang out with KK over the summer yeah maybe there you go so there's that um, in other Habs news uh, Kadem Primo wins the Mike Richter award which uh, is pretty much uh, that's the 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 award that's uh, given to the top goaltender in college hockey. So Caden Primo again, a Sterling uh, goaltender joins the Habs ranks as a prospect, of course, and he'll probably be uh, part of the Rockets' uh, system next uh, season. So we'll have what Price Niemi's gone. That's been confirmed, and we'll yes. talk about the post mortem in a little bit. 
uh, Niemi's definitely gone. So it's probably going to be uh, Price and Lindgren in the mm-hmm. big club, depending on how the training uh, camp goes. And then in the lower club, it'll be a fight between McNiven, right? Lacouve and Primo, I believe, unless I'm missing somebody. Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Sorry, hearkening back to the world for just a moment. They're in Slovakia this year, which is where uh, Tatar is from. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's actually a big thing to mention. Uh, During the post, uh, the exit interviews for the Habs uh, players, almost all of them, well, all the major names that we know, uh, Price, Gallagher, um, uh, Shaw, KK, um, Jesus Christ, uh, Jeff Petrie, all were asked uh, if they were going to go to Worlds, and they all said, yeah, we were invited, but we're not going to go. Uh, granted, I think Petrie's on the fence, Shaw's on the fence if he wants to go or not, but Thomas Tatar, he's definitely going because it's, he's his, definitely going. it's, it's his, his country, country, and he gets to represent, which is fine. Yep. Good for them. Slovenia so, is going to be lucky with him in his rank in their ranks. Slovakia. Yeah, so um, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, it's probably not pronounced the same way, but um, the Slova- a Slovakian player turned GM. His name is Miroslav Satan. Perfect. I believe His it's Satan. Probably Satan or something <laughs> like that. But I was looking up where it was at, and this is one of the articles that came up, and I was like, oh, interesting. How interesting. I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, I don't know too many other Slovakian players. Wait, no, I don't think Plakanek's going to be a part of that. Mm. Maybe the Czech Republic. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, I don't know how they break it down between those two. Oh damn it. They they're throwing everything by flag. I'm like I don't know. Okay, wait. Canada, USA, Finland, Germany, Slovakia, Denmark, France, and Great Britain. Okay. Oh, B, Sweden, Russia. No, the Czech Republic's here. Sweden okay. or Switzerland, Norway, Latvia, Austria, and Italy. I think this is Austria. Red, white, red. Yep. yep. Yeah. It just like it said A U T. Okay. Oh, I don't know. Ooh, but maybe it'll show me. Hold on. Well, no. So they're they're separate. Slovakia and Czech Republic. I shouldn't know. Yeah, that, yeah. But back in the day, they used to be one country. Whatever. Oh, it says no players to display. Oh. But their jersey looks pretty cool. It looks kind of similar to the um. Well, like it harkens back a little bit to the um ones from the Olympics. The way the sleeves are. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Very cool. Anyway. Anyway. It'll be interesting to see what NHLers go. Yeah, I kind of wonder if um, any of the halves will reconsider. I don't think, like for Team Canada, uh, a lot of the Canadian Mm-mm. Canadians uh, just said that they weren't going to go, with the exception of yeah. Shaw. I think Shaw's the only guy that was like, well, I might go if I want to, but whatever. I feel like if Shaw went, it would be because he's not ready to to take a break. Right. Um, which is very Andrew Shaw. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Kerry Price, I he he needs to rest. And then Shea Weber, whether or not he's going to admit it, he he needs to rest also. Right. Yeah, no, that was something that, that was mentioned, that Weber's probably going to take the time off to rest and, like, get a proper rehab in. Or not a rehab, even. Just get proper workouts in. Because last year, he was rehabbing uh, his mm-hmm. surgery. 
and whatnot. So we're probably going to get a new and improved Shea Weber for next season. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. Isn't that a thing to think about? Holy shit. I better watch out. Yeah, now we can stop complaining about him being injured. Because he's not. He's not. Exactly. Or he won't be. Right. Cool. So that's cool. Good for them. So, and good for Caden Promo. Congratulations on some yes. hardware. Um, something cool that came up. Uh, again, I'm just kind of looking through uh, some of the Habs news. But one of the Montreal Impact players, uh, Raitala, uh, Yuka Raitala, uh, Finnish player, happened to be mm-hmm. someone that helped out Jesperi Kokaniemi when he was coming into Montreal. I just thought, I thought it was, that was really nice. Yeah, it was really nice. I think it's just pretty cool that a player in another sport would you know, reach out and do that. Yeah. Like that was something that makes me concerned when, um, younger players from other countries come over to the North America. Um, just because, yeah, they might know some English, but they don't, they won't, they don't know a whole lot and they're, they're not going to get how some things work in, on this, in a different country. Um, like I, I feel like I might have mentioned this before, but I know on the Oilers uh, with Jesse, I think it was Jesse Pulley-Arvey, um Pool party. <laughs> he, they waited until his second season to get him a tutor. And I don't think he had any, I think there was, there weren't any Finnish players for him to talk to or something like that. And so he was struggling to learn English. So he was really lonely um, because he couldn't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that needs to be kind of, like, I'm, like, I'm not saying no, this soccer player, this Montreal Impact player shouldn't have reached out or whatever. That's awesome of him. And it's great that KK has a friend. Um, but it's also, it also should be the onus of the team to make sure that their players have resources like that. Yeah, I kind of wonder... Um... It's a good point, too. Uh, with KK coming over uh, initially, uh, the Habs were lucky to have Lekkonen. The Habs were lucky to have Niemi, you know, both mm-hmm. Finnish-born and, you know, in their own Exactly. Words, Niemi especially being a, um, you know, a cup winner, a veteran of uh, the hockey world and whatnot. So KK was lucky with that. But, you know, any other player, like, say, who am I thinking? Like uh, Zemgis Jurgensen. Who the hell speaks Lithuanian in the in the hockey world when he came over to play for the Sabres, right? Yeah. So that's one person off the top of yeah. my head. That's kind of unique in that way. Yeah. I'm sure, and of course, I'm sure that teams go out of their way to pair uh, players up and whatnot. Like they did, like the Habs did with uh, Jesperi and uh, mm-hmm. Victor Matei, which paid dividends. Oh my god. I mean, I bought Mint. I bought clothing based on their catchphrases. For yes, fuck's I'm sake. so sad I missed out on it. Oh no, it'll still be around. You'll still find stuff. Come on. I hope so. For sure. I haven't spent that much money on socks in my lifetime. Worth it. <laughs> Worth it though. <laughs> nah, but it was all really cool. So, with that being said, I thought that was just a cool thing. So, uh, Rightilla. Thank you very much for helping. Yes, for thank you for being a Yasmin, good egg. For being a good egg. Right, we already talked about that bit. And now I guess we can start talking about the post-mortem. Um, Bergevin, of course, met with the uh, Montreal media. I think it was Monday afternoon, was it? 
Tuesday afternoon mm. before the draft lottery. Yes. And um, some of the things off the top of my head, because I listened to it, but this was many, you know, this was a few days ago. So I'm just trying to remember things off the top of my head. And the big message that came out of it that was said by the players and said by Berzavan himself is that we're just getting started. Yes. And that was the big thing that came out of that. And uh, I know, Beth, you were kind of watching some of it. Is there anything off the top of your head about it that you liked? Um, uh, there's a few things. Mark, um, I mean, Mark Bergevin was Mark Bergevin, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, I, Jonathan Drouin came up multiple times. Oh, yes. Multiple times. We have to talk through (laughs) one. And... Bergevin didn't just kind of like brush it off, but he his his his, his he made his comments applicable not just to Juan but to any player that is currently or could eventually be on the Montreal Canadiens. It is it was very similar to Bouchard's comments um, earlier in the season about how about his relationship with his players. He's he's not going to try and shoehorn or force somebody to do something that doesn't work for them. He's going to make suggestions and try and figure out how the way that the player plays can work for what the team needs and what the or what the player wants to do or what the player wants to change. Like yes, there are things that need that need to like pat he said patterns need to change but he's not going to force something and he knows that good things can't be rushed. Mark Bergevin obviously drinks like scotch or wine or bourbon or something that takes time to develop and become and just get to its full richness because obviously. he said it, he obviously. said it <laughs> obviously <laughs> look at him um, because he said it's not going to, not every player gets to their full potential in two years. Sometimes, sometimes it takes four, sometimes it takes six or seven years for them to get there. But he's not going to rush anybody because if he does, he could miss out on the actual full production of a player. Righto. And I know um, Drouin is going to be a kid that everyone's going to be looking at uh, next season as well. But, you know, to Drouin's credit, um, he tied his career high in points this season despite everything that was going on in his game. Uh, on the ice and whatnot, and that is a, what, 53 points, I believe it was, over the course of the season this this season, which is fine. It's not great for the caliber of player that we're expecting from him, especially with how absolutely ridiculously dominant he was in juniors. So one can only hope that with uh, this coaching group having been, having you know, this past season be their first time together. Hopefully now they know what they're looking at. They can go into next season figuring, okay, where can Drouin slot in where we use the maximum of his potential? And, you know, we can only see what happens from there. I'm expecting great things from uh, Drouin next season. Uh, And I'm also hoping for them because if Drouin does like another almost career uh, high in points, or he like slight slides off a lot. Oh boy, I think there's going to be a lot of angry people, and I don't think uh, that would be very pleasing to management as well. Nope. Granted, now with that being said, Druen, I don't think is the type to give up. 
No. We'll see what happens at training camp. And I'm sure, I'm sure good things will come. Yes. So, yeah, that was definitely, I mean, yeah, I think Drouin's <laughs> name came up more times than any other players mm-hmm. uh, in the course of the uh, of the post-mortem. Um, let's see here. Uh, Matei, though, also was uh, given some good words. Because with yes. Matei, despite, you know, of course, it's, it's going to be the running joke until it actually happens. He is the longest-running active NHLer that does not have a goal. I think it's something like 120-something games or something like that. Which is, that's a long streak. However... I asked Josh Georges about this. I was like, hey, Josh, you know, when I was at the fantasy camp, and he said, well, you know, it took me around 100 games to get my first goal. I was like, oh, no shit. How about that? Now, I don't know if that was, like, him as a rookie or him as a hab, but either way, he said it, so there it is. Um, To to bring up a quote, it's not Matei's job to score goals, but it'd be super cool if he did. And I'm sure it'll come because he's too solid a player to not score. He almost got the overtime winner against the Leafs last week. Almost did. He had the speed. He had the defender beat. Couldn't beat Anderson's uh, pad, though, which was too bad. It'll happen. It's coming. Oh, yeah, it's coming. So a lot of of praise for uh, Victor Matei. Of course, a lot of praise for Jesperi Kotkaniemi, which is – that's just one of the things in this season that – at the onset of the season, people were saying, hey, let's let's send him off to Finland, you know, to get more developed over there. But as the season continued on, it was like, this kid just keeps getting better and better. However, uh, in March, uh, he was benched uh, essentially because it seemed that he finally hit that wall in his play. He wasn't skating very well, wasn't playing at that like top tier smart level that we saw at the beginning of the season. He and, was sleepy. Yeah, he was sleepy. And you can't fault him for that. The kid's been nope. playing hockey nonstop for, what, the last year and a half, two years, something like that. Then he goes from, you know, a men's league in Finland. Nothing to scoff at. He was 17 playing with those guys. Then he's playing with adults, men yep. in the NHL, the greatest hockey league in the world. As the youngest player in any sport in North America. Wow. It's something else. And... um you know, thank God he can actually get a vacation and and actually work out towards building the type of frame that he needs in the NHL. And of course, he's going to be helped all along the way, and it's going to be super cool. Can't wait for that. Me either. Mm-hmm. Now, aside so from fun. That, oh yeah, for sure. Aside from that, I'm just kind of just really breezing over um, what else is going on with the postmortem. Oh. Two things. They're not related to each other. Um, First one is um, Mark mentioning hockey players, wives, and girlfriends. And a lot of people didn't like that he, his insinuation that he, he, he has to sell their significant others um, on coming to Montreal um, when their when their players are UFAs or and what and whatnot, but Mark understands that hot, even though 
the hockey player is the one making the money and doing whatever, they still have families and their wives and their girlfriends still have a say in where they go because they have to deal with it too. And maybe it's not, I don't say as much of a say, it's just they're going to have a discussion. And if, if the significant other is like, absolutely not, I refuse to go there, then the player and the player knows that somebody else will take them, then they're not going to come. And it's not, it's not anything that Mark can do, but Mark under Mark is a smart man. He's a married man. So he knows what it's like to have a wife and have to make compromises and have arguments and deal with things and not do things that everybody's going to like. So I think people need to not be so critical of that answer because it's a very logical answer. Like, I don't understand people are getting so messed up about it. It was a great part of the uh, postmortem, actually, something that usually you never hear about from a GM, especially. And it goes to say everything that you just said. Mark Bejavan can talk to a player and say, hey, you want to come over to the Habs? And the player might say, well, let me see what I want to do. Talks to the family. If the family says no, and that's it. And Bejavan knows that. Um, you know, you're selling the team as much as you're selling where you're going to be living as well. And of course, Montreal is great, but you know, some people don't, some people, some families don't want to deal with that. So nope. that's a, that that's a big thing. And that's a thing that a lot of people, myself included, just completely forget about when it comes to uh, UFAs and who signed, who doesn't sign and everything like that. You know, uh, because in the end, these players, yeah, they're human beings and they're going to go for yes, their job, but also what's, right by them but also more so what's right by their family mm-hmm. and that's it so that was i i was glad that that was actually touched on and i was surprised it was touched on uh, by the postmortem, which is good um the other thing oh, yeah. was the he has mark saying he has permission to go to the cap huh. which i thought was really cool like and interesting it, to say as well yeah <laughs> he's like i have permission but that doesn't mean i'm going to do it and that ties into what you were just saying too honestly because it's like yeah i can spend up to it but if i can't i can't i mean who are the big ufas that are on the uh actually i can look that up really quick oh cool because i don't know what oh, they oh, are i got them i got them i mean the big ufas that are coming up if they don't sign sergey bobrovsky could you imagine having Price and Bobrovsky as, <laughs> as our two goalies? Flip a coin to see who who plays. Absolutely, every night. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> uh, I mean, or you're just like, oh fuck. I mean, could you imagine? You can't. I can't we, even imagine that. How, but you don't have a cannon, but how unfair. Now I'm sure people would flip the fuck out if that happened, and it's not going to. <laughs> it's but not, but imagine it would be quite a thing for it to actually happen. No, we could just ask him to bring the cannon with him. Exactly. Um, <laughs> another big name is a uh, Jason Spezza. Granted, he's an older guy, thirty-five. Oh, isn't he, years is he old. in the? Is he Minnesota? Dallas, right now. Dallas. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Green, whatever. But he'll be. Um, He's 35 at uh, 7.5 million. Um, no. Which is, yeah, he's probably not a community guy. But the probably the biggest name at the moment that's a UFA right now or will be after the playoffs, Eric Carlson. 
<laughs> which is unfortunate because he's a right-handed defenseman. Mm, so could you convenient. imagine having <laughs> on the right side Shea Weber, Eric Carlson, then Jeff Petrie? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's 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 absolutely nuts. Um, so he's another big name. And then Carey Price and Sergey Bobrovsky. And then yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> So it's just that's they just make Bobrovsky into a left-handed defenseman. An absolutely Sorry. crazy thing to consider. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There's a few other names too. Um, so Jordan Everly from the New York Islanders. He wouldn't be a bad addition, I don't think, on the wing, a 28 year old winger. Uh, the, but the biggest name, another one aside from Carlson Bobrovsky, is Matt freaking Duchesne. Yeah, I saw some people mad about people Montreal fans saying they don't want him. Right. And there's, it's such a strange thing with Duchesne because we all make fun of, like, the playoff curse and whenever he goes to a team, they just fall apart, you know. But granted, of course, in this playoff run, I mean, the Columbus Blue Jackets are making a mockery of the Lightning. A mockery! Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. So that, of I course, just... will help Duchesne's yeah. um, value. But, you know, a lot of hockey left. The bolts can probably turn around just as anything. So, I don't know. I'm ambivalent on the Duchesne question. If we get him, we get him. If we don't, we don't. <laughs> You're funny. That was, um, I used the right word. Were you right word, yes. All right. I just but... don't care. If he comes, he comes. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Done. Whatever. But it's, amb- it's ambivalent, Dave. Ambivalent? What did I say? Ambival- it's ambivalent. I'm looking that up. <laughs> what did I say? Ambivalent? Yeah. Whatever. You can do this. So if you've only ever like read it before, it's fine. Having mixed feelings or contradictory ideas about something or someone. Okay. Ambivalent. What? You know what I'm getting it mixed up? Ambidextrous. Oh. Whatever. And then another name, of course, from the Columbus Blue... Uh, well, actually, no, then there's Joe Pavelski. Another guy that would definitely not be bad for the Habs, but 33 years old and $6 million? Uh, It makes you wonder. And then, of course, another a young winger, Artemi uh, Panarin. And that would be... Uh, that would be quite a get. Breadman. That would be quite a get. Of all those players, I'd rather get Panarin. <laughs> Are you doing this on purpose now? What the fuck's his name? Is it Panarin? Panarin or... It's Panarin. Whatever. That's why they call him Breadman, because it sounds like Panera. Really? Where have you been? I've never heard him called Breadman. Where have you... Oh, I have too many friends who like the Chicago hockey team. Well, I have none. <sighs> okay, that's probably why. But yeah, um... He is when he went. They took him to Panera when he first got to the states, and they're like, "Oh my God, it's like your name!" And so they started calling him Breadman. Wow. And it's been a thing. Panarin. Auger. Okay. Elizabeth. <laughs> if we're going to start playing. If we're going to start <laughs> playing this game. Mispronouncing my name. Whatever. So. That's the uh, postmortem. Yes. And the uh, the cap situation there. All right. Yeah, we already spoke about that part. Um, exit interviews for players. They just want to get back on the ice for the most part. They love it. Yes. 
Yes. Yes, yes. Yes. Very upset that they weren't in the playoffs and they're going to hit the ground running over the summer. Mm-hmm. Aside from a... After Coachella. Yeah, after Coachella, which is kind of funny, honestly. Good for them. Cutting loose a bit. Domi's wearing bandanas. They all are. I think, except for Tatar. But, um... So, let's see here. We have, like... Uh, a little around eight minutes left of stuff to talk about. And something that we wanted to do uh, over the off season when we have nothing to talk about. Thankfully, this week we had a lot to talk about. But one of the things that we want to do is highlight a Habs player and talk about him ad nauseum. This week, we want to talk about our precious Philip Dunno. Philip Dunno. Of course, uh, Philip played on the first line. As the first line center of the Canadian, the Marial, mostly because of his uh, defensive sense when it comes to the position. And he's playing with the tandem of uh, Gallagher and Tatar on his wings. And of all the lines in hockey, at least in this season, I want to say that that particular line was quite underrated, especially because Tatar and Gallagher were absolute beasts on it. And that's yes. in no way uh, disparaging uh, Deneau in any way because, you know, he was the man. He was winning those face-offs. He was breaking the zones. He was disrupting the offense of the other um, of the other teams going up against him. And uh, just to take a quick look at his stats here, in 81 games played, he got 53 points. That is, I think, third or fourth best in the Habs and tied for uh, Jonathan Drouin. Which is, uh, you know, that's better than bad. That's actually quite and he, good. He more than doubled what he got last season, which oh, was 25. Exactly. That's a really good point to make. Well, two, unfortunately, last year, uh, Deneau had that really awful injury when he yes. took that Shara shot to the head. Yeah, so he was at, he only played 52 games. Yeah, so that's something. That's something there for sure. Um, I'm trying to find his plus minus. It's an arbitrary um, it thing. Was, it's, it's 17 for this year and zero for last season. Oh, good call. 17. That's great. 17. Mm-hmm. Which, let's see, that it's gets him third. tied in third with Andrew Shaw and Victor Mate. People with better plus minuses were Max Domi and who else? Thomas Tatar. Good for him. How much fun is that? So that's good. So um, just a little blurb on uh, Deneau then, uh, just kind of scratching this off of the wiki page, wiki page here but uh as a kid he played in the quebec international peewee hockey uh he played for the victoriaville tigers or the tigres the minor ice hockey team later he went on to play for junior ice with the with the same uh, victoriaville tigers and the moncton wildcats of the quebec major junior hockey league um after that he was picked 26th overall in the first round in 2011 by the chicago blackhawks now, that's important because who was working for the Blackhawks at the time? Mark Bergevin. Exactly. And Bergevin, of course, loved his play, which, um, you know, definitely helped in the uh, acquisition of him. And it's one of Bergevin's uh, better acquisitions where he traded Thomas Fleischman and Dale Weiss <laughs> to the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for Philippe Deneau in a 2018 second-round pick, which became Alex Romanov. 
a steal by any extension because Thomas Fleischman, I don't think, plays in the NHL anymore. And Mm -hmm. Dale Weiss is a hab. So we essentially got Alexander Romanov for free. For free. For free. I'm actually looking right now where he is, uh, Mr. Fleischman. And it looks like he is nowhere. Poor guy. Anyway, good for him. And good for Deneau as well. But, um, no, so aside from the stats and all that, Deneau is ever on uh, uh, Hab's videos and whatnot, giving a tour of the plane, uh, showing us what he brings along uh, to uh, his away games, which I think was probably his best video, talking <laughs> about his essential things like, oh, this is very important. Everything You he loved brought, that video. It's so good. <laughs> Everything he brought was very important, and I thought that was endearing. But no, just seems like a really nice guy. Uh, loves playing on his Nintendo Switch, Zelda, and Smash Brothers. So from one gamer to another, I salute him. Which is very cool. And uh, yeah, I have nothing but good things to say about Philip Deneau. Um, I think uh, next year, he will probably be our first line center again. Uh, and then behind him will probably be Domi again. And then Kotkaniemi and Paling. You know? Yeah. So that's uh, that's the thing to consider. because. If anything, I don't see Deneau slowing down anytime soon. He played Mm-mm. strong this season. Yeah, this was yeah, his, this like, was a this was a career season for him. Fifty three points. Like and I he's know he 25? was twenty five. He's a child. He's a kiddo. We're gonna have him for a long time. Just a little. He's just a little guy. Just a wee kid. Just a little one. And I knew. Who Dino was? Oh, I don't know. Before <laughs> this season, <laughs> um, but this is when I was really. I mean, yeah, it was a crazy season, but I was just like was really wowed by him. Like, oh, look at him go, oh, or look, there's that player. Blah blah blah. There what have you? My Dino, watch him <laughs> as he goes. Are you gonna write a song? I already did. There you go. You have to call it Petit de No. Yeah. There's nothing petite about the guy. He's six one. All right. Hmm. <laughs> That's all good. <laughs> yeah, but aside from that, um Yeah. Philip Deneau is pretty great. And he we is. are almost out of time. Almost? Almost. Not quite. We have okay. a couple minutes. Okay, can I talk about yes. the Capitals game? I said yes. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I went to the next to last Habs game two weeks ago. Oh, that Capitals game? Yes. Okay. I'm not talking... What? What? Well, talk. Okay. If you got to talk, oh talk. How okay. much time do we have? Not much. Go. Oh, my God. I'm going. So, and then I've met a very nice listener named Brad Tamalti. Oh, that's right. Who is at Brad Tamalti on Twitter. Um, and some of his friends who were on a hockey road trip. And they hung out with me and invited me to sit with them in the lower, the lower bowl. So, for the first time, because of them, I got to sit right behind Carey Price and look at his butt. That's very nice. He sa- he made the save with it. Um, 
And I just wanted to give them a shout out and say thank you so much. You guys were super fun and awesome. And I had a lot. I had a great time hanging out. And that's it. That's all. That is pretty awesome. Brad, right? Brad. Brad. That was a very cool gesture, and we thank you very much for it. Um, Habs fans got to stick together, especially in trying times. Yes. Like uh, the playoff push that was so close. A playoff push, by the way, which with 96 points ties uh, the most points attained without uh, making the playoffs in league history. I think they're tied with the Panthers and somebody else in recent memory. So it has happened before, but it isn't freaking often. Hmm. 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 And that's it. Now we're out of time officially. All right, well. Yes, we should just go. All right, goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.